This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Women Arsecast on Arsblog.com with me, your host, Tim Stillman. I am very aware that I never, ever introduce myself when I do these podcasts. I never say what my name is or anything like that. I just assume that people know, um, which is not great hosting, really. So, uh, yeah, it's me, Tim Stillman. And we are in this kind of, well, what many of us, uh, probably as fans, maybe as content makers, are considering a bit of a hinterland between the season ending and the World Cup starting. So uh, what are we filling that hinterland with? Mainly transfer rumours. Not a lot going on because most of the players are on holiday at the moment in terms of finalising things. But something that is going on at the moment that's filling that little kind of gap are kit drops. Um, So obviously uh, clubs are releasing their new kits steadily uh, throughout the summer for the new season. But even bigger than that, obviously, we've got the Women's World Cup coming up later in the summer and there's lots and lots of kit drops happening, lots and lots of people um, going into their overdraft, buying every kit that they can get their hands on. Um, and that's that's obviously like a very, very big part of the kind of calendar, uh, particularly from a marketing perspective that a lot of fans experience. And I thought this would be a really, really good time to discuss that. So while the rest of us consider this a bit of a hinterland, a bit of a down period before the World Cup starts, uh, one person who would not consider this much of a hinterland, but the absolute peak of the year in terms of uh, in terms of capacity is uh, my guest Helen Hardy, who is the founder of Foudis, um, a kind of women's football merchandise service that I am sure most of our listeners have used at some point. Helen, thanks so much for joining us uh, in what I know is a very busy time for you at the moment. Thanks for having me. And what I would say is, this is probably one of my favourite times of the season for two reasons. Number one, the kits being dropped, and I love football shirts. Number two, I get to see where all the players have gone on holiday. I love this <laughs> part of the season. <laughs> well, it and seems like, like the answer to that is Ibiza. If anyone's gone to Ibiza over the last two weeks, there's an excellent chance that you've met a lot of WSL footballers, <laughs> I think. But um, as... As we alluded to, this is very much kit central and we're having a conversation before we're on air. I'm I'm currently wearing uh, the new England Lionesses away shirt, which I absolutely love. And we'll talk a little bit about the Lionesses shirts later. But first of all, Helen, do you want to just describe, first of all, Foudis, the business that you founded, uh, what it is, where the idea came from, when it came about, uh, and basically just tell us a little bit about Foudis, why you started it, how you started it, etc. 
Yeah, so I guess maybe I'll start now. Usually I start in the beginning, but now Faudis is probably one of the leading retailers in women's sports. And we have partnerships with the three major brands, Nike, Adidas, Puma. Um, and we provide kits specifically in the women's game. So we both create amateur kits and we also do replica kits of all of your favorite women's teams, including why I've been so busy, the England Lionesses kit. So that's the now. The way that it began was back in 2019, I was at the World Cup and I knew of the new kits that had been dropped by um, Nike and Adidas across the World Cup range, which was so beautiful. Everyone will remember the Red Rose England away shirt. And although these shirts have been released, I couldn't find them anywhere. And I'm a shirt collector going, like, where are these shirts? And basically, it came down to accessibility. And it came down to, you know, retailers and the sports websites themselves. So the federations and the clubs, just not spotlighting women's sport. So I decided to do something about it. But back in the beginning, I was literally, you would order an Arsenal shirt with Williamson on the back. I would literally go and buy an Arsenal shirt from you know a local shop can't name anyone and then um i'd bring it in and i'd physically print the wsl letter on the back when we started it was only arsenal and the wsl that were printing wsl shirts so only arsenal really could hold their heads high and say they were offering that service every other wsl club did not provide wsl printing and the world is very different now it hasn't really affected our business if anything it's just increased um, our reach, I guess, people knowing you can access these products and knowing that we do it better than anyone else. Um, and and it's and, and as a result of all of the success of the women's game, you know, we're now in operation with with a massive team, post-investment, you know, deals with the major brands and, and we're growing day by day. Yeah, you've, you've hit on a, a number of things that I'd really like to talk about there. And yeah, you're, I, I believe it was 2018 that Arsenal started really offering like the WSL printing. Um, I think as well, not long after Arsenal signed Heather O'Reilly, um, there was a massive, massive demand for 17 O'Reilly shirts from the US. And um, I, I think it kind of took them by surprise. Um, and again, this hits on a number of subjects we might talk about. But when you started is after the 2019 World Cup, and you're right, there's some beautiful kits from that tournament. The France away shirt, in that tournament, it's one of my favourite football kits ever. It's the white one with the kind of uh, blue dots um, all over it. Just wonderful, wonderful kit. Um, and, and I really think that some of the brands are a lot more creative with their women's kits, like I think that of Nike, for example. But when when you start this business, because it sounds like a perfectly sensible, great idea that most of us will have had at some point, like, oh, my God, why is it so difficult to get hold of this stuff? But making that jump from thinking that to actually doing it, like what was involved in that? Did you have any experience in marketing or retail before? None. No, I am. Um, I just and I never had the objective of creating a business that would go through investment rounds and have offices. And, and that was never my intention. I genuinely just like, you know, like the the dad that starts the kids football club and it's just something that he wants to do to help out his daughter on a weekend. Um, that was always my objective. I thought I'd get a kick out of it and I would enjoy it. And it would be my way, I guess, of giving something back. So I was going to always just print in my bedroom and, um, and just help fans out basically accessing these products. And what I'd noticed was, I guess, 
the lettering was the same across all the clubs. So it wasn't like I needed to service just Man United fans or just Reading fans. I could help every fan across the WSL in one foul swoop by just getting the white lettering, the black lettering, the navy lettering and red lettering. So that was really just my thinking in it was this is a really like cool bedroom thing to do. If I'm honest, I think I'd just fallen into the trap of believing that women's football wasn't really that commercially viable and this would just be a fun thing for me to help out with and it wouldn't cost me anything, but it wouldn't make me anything. Very quickly, I realised that that's all a lie, (laughs) that we are sold this rhetoric that still exists today, by the way, that it isn't commercially viable. And I'll give you the perfect example from this month alone. Um, The... Europa, I'm going to have to forgive me, but the one that West Ham men just won, which is the Europa, Europa Conference League. Yeah, yeah. So the patches for that league, which last year the final reached 2 million people in the Netherlands, and that the patches were readily available within the system for the company that creates all the official patches for that Conference League. You also could get the patches for the under-21 England's Men's World Cup. You can't get the patches for the England Women's World Cup. 2023. Now, this is the world that we still live in today. And the reason why, and this is from the mouths of the, the, the production, is that they're not, you know, they, they won't, it won't have that reach. So you can lean into fact, which is 5 million people in the Netherlands watched the Women's World Cup 2019 final. We've seen an astronomical increase in the amount of people watching women's football. And yet you're still leaning into this rhetoric that the West Ham Europa Conference League is going to be more popular than the Women's World Cup 2023. Like, this is the rhetoric we're sold. And I believed it. And I was like, it'll just Mm -hmm. be a fun bedroom business. Um, It's been so far from that. And I kind of don't want to give away that trade secret in case anyone else is like (laughs) going to jump at this opportunity. But it's been so much more than that. Like, this is a huge playing field which reaches millions of people around the world and it's a genuinely um huge business growth like one of the biggest biggest business growths that my investment company are seeing is Faudis. so if that doesn't give people hope that the women's game is growing i don't know what does yeah absolutely and we'll come on to some of that as well because i've got some strong views on this particularly just around uh, the lionesses kits, just because that relates to my personal experience. But um, bef- before we come on to that, I just wanted to ask, like, how hard is it to satisfy orders now? Because, like, at Faudis, like, I still know, I still speak to a lot of people who who just see you as pretty much one of the only places where they can get proper customization particularly like you said about patches i know for example on the new lionesses kits you're doing the european uh, the, the euros champions patches which i i just doubt you'd get anywhere else and like how um like so first of all is it becoming harder to satisfy those orders and second of all what does that process look like when you go right um i've got i hate to say this on an arsenal podcast i've got a request for a chelsea shirt that wants the gold wsl patches on it or i've got a request for like a us top with the world cup win like what does it look like for you pr- procuring some of that maybe slightly niche uh, kind of um tailoring I think maybe one of the things that a lot of people know about me now is I'm incredibly stubborn. (laughs) So I don't like uh, being told no. And one thing that has happened, I'm going to say three times in the last few years, just from the top of my head, 
around Barcelona, the WSL and the Women's World Cup um, have been, we won't be producing that because we don't sell enough units. And then my response is, how many units do you need me to buy off you then? And then they give me a number and then I say, fine. And so basically the last three or four projects have been massive gambles and all of them have paid off. So when you're told we won't be print, we won't be printing Alexia name sets in in Spain um, for the Barcelona uh, for the Barcelona shirts two years ago, okay, how many do I need to purchase in order for you to print Alexia name sets? You need to purchase X amount of units. I'm just crossing my fingers and putting a finger in the air and hoping that it's going to work because frankly, no one's ever tested the market before, so I don't know how they would know it's not going to sell. And I don't know how I would prove that it is going to sell. So I've just had to do it. And I hate, I it's the whole team at Foudy's. It's not just me. That There are a number of us that are on these projects that all believe in it so much. So that really helps. But I think one thing that I think will be our legacy that people may not know about is that we push really hard for changing it, the game for everyone. So the best example is we are the reason that the WSL are producing kids numbers and letters next season because we said, how many units do we need to to purchase off you for you to make kids' shirts happen? It's a joke that you don't have them. And so we pushed hard, and I'm not just talking for a year, I'm talking since I launched in 2020, I've been saying we need this to happen. So, yeah, procuring it is is really difficult. It's me constantly putting, I guess, myself on the line and my business on the line and my own personal um, money on the line to, to make these things happen. But women's football is incredibly commercially viable. So uh, it's not the biggest gamble anymore. I just say, how much do you want us to do? And I know that we're going to reach those numbers. And the perfect example, which I know you're going to come on to, is, is the New England release, which I've been just for eight months just scratching at the door for Nike to, to give me as much as humanly possible because I know it'll go. Yeah, yeah. I, there were two things I was going to come on to. First of all, you referenced the Alexia name sets and what's one of the most recent, one of the most viral women's football images of the whole year that Alexia herself, I mean, it went viral before Alexia shared it. But, you know, when Barcelona are doing their kind of uh, their trophy parade and there's a girl standing, looking up, uh, just a wonderful image of a, a young girl standing up, looking at them all on the stage with 11 Alexia on her back. Um, Unbelievable. And Anecdotally, that's not actually the correct font. That's the men's La Liga yeah. font, which is very yeah. frustrating, but it's because they don't produce the kids' lettering. And I know it seems silly, like anyone at home might be like, get over it, Helen. But actually, the brand awareness tool of having our own WSL lettering and numbering is so powerful because if you see someone walking down the street in an Arsenal jersey with Premier League lettering on the back that says Williamson, you're probably going to think it's an under-21 men's player. But by walking down the street in what is clearly our own designated font with the WSL arm tag, and the same goes for Barcelona and their special like lettering and numbering, it's so powerful. It's so powerful because you you don't realise that that has landed with somebody. And it's both a connection to someone like me. If I see that walking down the street, I'm like, it's one of us. It's a women's football fan. But if somebody else sees it, they go, I wonder who that is. That shirt looks different. I wonder what that is. And it's just another tool to help us grow the game. So I'm so passionate about getting it right. That photo is so powerful. I just wish it was in 
the the feminine lettering <laughs> yeah yeah you're right that yeah like it's a total conversation starter uh we'll come on to like as well like the the different market of women's football as well so people who perhaps support different men's teams and therefore really want the kind of women's customization but um and, and what you said there about children's lettering like my my three-year-old she's got we buy her an arsenal kit every year we always get a women's player on the back of it we've got them all signed and everything but they're all premier league lettering <laughs> which which also bothers me because i'm a i'm a stickler for that kind of detail but again like it the, the other option literally hasn't existed um, yeah. before now so like she's got her Hafaeli shirt signed and, and everything but it's it's Premier League lettering which is which is you know a, a, a little bit kind of jarring but I mean this this is where we'll, we'll I'll frame it with the conversation about England kits again just because it relates to my personal experience but you know we've had the England kit drops um, this year last year you know we, you know we're getting we, we've got to this stage where there's like definable um, Lionesses merchandise. So this shirt I'm wearing right now, the Lionesses away shirt, that is particular to the England women's team. I haven't bought an England men's team shirt in about 10 years or so, but I, I want to buy like Lionesses shirts. Like there's something special about that um, and kind of showing my support for that. And last summer, I absolutely loved the orange away kit. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Couldn't find it. I tried to buy it, I think, after the second group game, so early in the tournament. Couldn't buy it anywhere in men's sizes at all because, and this is where something I, I'm sure you can elaborate on, for some reason I kind of think Nike didn't think that men, you know, look, XL, sorry, that like XL <laughs> men was, was really like a market for a Lioness's shirt, but it really, really is. And it still bothers me that I still can't get it. And then when England wear it, on BBC in front of literally tens of millions of people watching that, like looking at your product and can't buy it. I find that absolutely mad. And the only reason I've got this one I'm wearing is because I learned from that and said, right, 9am the day they go on sale, I have to go and get one because I know there's an excellent chance if I wait for the second day, it's not going to be there. Like what's your experience been first of all with the, the kind of, I guess the lioness's kit drop and, you know, I guess some of that frustration that someone like me might feel that like I literally have to set a reminder on my phone to buy this thing. Whereas when I was looking for that orange shirt last summer, rows and rows and rows of unsold retro men's shirts. And I know that's a massive market. I'm responsible for a lot of it, but rows of unsold England men's retro shirts on sale rackets. And I couldn't get the orange shirt anywhere. I honestly think I could do like a whole podcast on this topic, just literally like talking even specifically on England alone. But um, firstly, you were right. And um, the England away men's shirt sold out in the first 24 hours on the England FA website. Um, no sign of, of, of more to land. There is this really unfounded, unfounded data point about women's football fandom that, Number one, men don't like women's football or aren't interested. It's just in terms of the data that I've now collected from years of running a women's football retail business isn't true. Um, it doesn't represent our following at all. Men, men's fit and men buying men's fit is a huge proportion of our sales. So we shouldn't be isolating men's football fans following the women's game. Um, 
And number two, this rhetoric that if you're a woman, you'll buy women's fit. So women's fit is really quite still to this day, it's getting better, but it's quite exclusionary of a lot of women. Um, I'd count myself in that in terms of my style and who I am as a person. At Foudy's, we've changed, we've renamed the fits to curved fit and straight fit um, because that's the shape of the of the product. I don't want people thinking that you're not a woman or you're not feminine or you're not who you want to be if you purchase a men's fit England shirt. So that's the first thing worth noting. I think the wording's wrong. And that's across all the brands, by the way. This isn't just England. That's across even, you know, Adidas, Puma, Joma. Everyone does these women's fit and these these men's fit. I don't like it. And so that's probably the worst, first thing worth noting. The second thing is, England men's shirts were a catastrophic failure. And I think that's public knowledge. So the Men's World Cup, England men's shirt sales, there is a considerable amount of stock left over. And they massively, massively overestimated how popular it was going to be, um, the Qatar World Cup. And I don't want to go into the details of, on why that is or why it was a failure, because frankly, I don't care when we're talking women's football here. <laughs> But as a result of that, I think that they line up or parallel the men's and the women's teams to one another. So England women really have nothing to do with the success or sales of England men. And sadly, they they put the orders in way before the um, the tournament happens. So the, the yet again, there's not been enough shirts produced by Nike um, for England women. I think it'll be the same for Germany, for Adidas women. Um, so, for, sorry, Germany women for Adidas. So I don't think this is just like a, a dig at Nike. I think this is gen- generally a dig at commercial entities and their view on the women's game. And I'm sat here as living, breathing proof. And I have a seat at the table with these brands where I'm now putting my requests in for the World Cup in 2027. And their jaws are on the floor because I'm like, you know, I don't want hundreds of units. I want thousands of units. And they're going, are you sure you want to commit to that? Yeah. Like UEFA is telling me that women's football is going to grow by five times in the next three years. I'm already selling out of stock in the first 24 hours of, of putting stuff out there. Like just on those calculations alone, I've not got enough stock. You need to produce more. But sadly, I'm not saying it's because of me, but sadly there was no me at the table when they talked about the World Cup in 2023. And we're hearing mm. stories coming out of Sports Direct you know, forums and from Twitter and stuff like that, that Sports Direct aren't even going to be putting the Women's World Cup on the shelves in their stores, that the Women's World Cup isn't part of their summer rhetoric. So we know how the other retailers view women's sports. And primarily that's because it's a lot of aging white men sat at the table going, nah, no one cares about that. The data doesn't lean into that. The facts around the women's Euros don't lead into that. But... That's what they're going with, I think, just based on surface level of what they see and hear. So I'm hoping I can change the game on that. And I'm hoping that by me really stepping it up, others will closely follow. But I know that at Foudy's we have, I think, the second or third most England shirts in Europe in stock. Um, And as a little bit of a cheeky sideline, we also purchased as much stock as we could from the retailers who, who basically left that stock behind in the basket. So we're in a really good position to kind of be the go-to, I mm. guess, for women's football fans. Um, 
but it's really challenging because we, we can only sell what we've got, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I find it incredible because essentially, um, if you'll forgive me for the phrasing, when I look at, and I've been aware of Faldi's, you know, pretty much since the beginning, I look at this and I think, and we'll come in on to how like the business has evolved and, you know, you've got partnerships with these brands now, but I look at it like you're essentially taking money off these brands <laughs> whose absolute MO, like usually you talk to anyone in marketing and retail for big brands, like money, 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 like that's their whole job, right? But actually it just seems like the commitment to undervaluing women and women's sports and let's, let's, be frank about this it's the word women there that i i think causes the undervaluing that like the commitment to undervaluing women's sports actually supersedes the commitment to profit which is which just strikes me as absolutely incredible that like i guess foul would be described as a kind of disruptor in the market but it kind of looks to me more like what you're doing is actually if you're not going to take that money we'll take it is that how you, know, you feel I sometimes? Was waiting. Yeah, I was waiting for the moment when Adidas, Nike or Puma in 2021, when we first launched in the end of 2020. So I thought, give it six weeks and I'll get a cease and assist letter. And then I'll go, oh, oh, instead of like taking me to court, should we work together on women's football? I mean, that was my kind of thinking on it because I was literally going in and buying an Arsenal shirt from Arsenal Direct or from Sports Direct, and then I was printing the lettering on the back. I think Arsenal's probably not the best example because obviously they provided it. But in the case of things like Manchester United, we used to, because we're based in in Trafford House, we used to walk the 200 metres to the mega store and just buy a shirt from the store, bring it back, print it, sell it on. And I wasn't making any money, but it was never my intention. My intention wasn't to make millions of pounds because I was. it's a very bad business move if it was because I was buying a £70 shirt and selling it for £70. And my intention was to create accessibility for women's football. And I quite enjoyed the artistry of creating a beautiful shirt and sending it out and making someone's pride and joy. And then over the following months and years, I guess, knowing that Man City or Man United didn't have that product. So every time I saw someone wearing a Man United WSL shirt, I'd made that. I just think there was like a sense of pride. Um, as we've grown and evolved, like being at the Euros opener and seeing people, like hundreds of people in Foudy scarves, you know, we are the Lionesses or we've got one that says, welcome to the Bronze Age. Seeing hundreds of fans walking around in those scarves and being like, that was like our concept. Like that is so sick. Just fills me with pride. And it was more than trying to be a disruptor. I wasn't really trying to disrupt. I was just trying to create accessibility routes. To this day, not a single retailer has complained about my existence. Not a single retailer has gone to a brand and said, have you partnered with that like woman? No one's bothered. And they're not bothered because they just ain't got a clue. Like the opportunities here are so vast. When you look at things like the new Luna boot that's been released by Nike, dedicated to women's feet, Ida Sports, who create women's football boots, women's football rhetoric. So, you know, um, Astro boots and uh, indoor boots for futsal and things like that for women. The opportunities are growing and evolving because there's more women's products coming in. Like even on the World Cup line, the sports bras are incredible. So like if you're a fan and a player, then just our shop can increase in terms of our offering. And no one seems bothered. Like, no one seems bothered that we exist in this space. 
think of that Chloe Kelly image, <laughs> like in in the Euros final. Like you're talking about, you know, marketing the sports bra. Like, you know, since um, oh, I can't, why can't I remember the name of Brandy uh, Chastain? Chastain. So you like, like you know, th- those two images. You talk about marketing images, like two of. I mean, particularly in Brandy Chastain's um, situation, because it's like a long enough time ago, like iconic images. And in terms of marketing, like that, that's huge, right? For, for like that, that piece of equipment, just, just. And that, it's that, just that. such, it just like, for me, it felt cool doing the replica shirts. And I still love that part of the business It's our bread and butter. But what I love is the fact that things like the period pants and the sports bras and the boots that fit women's feet, it feels like it's evolving into something that's so much more important. Like the messaging behind all of this stuff is so important. So I'm excited about the opportunities that come with that. And it makes me feel really good that we can hopefully talk about this stuff because that's the reason, I think anyway, you'd have to ask them. The reason why the big brands want to work with us is because we openly want to talk about periods and and we want to talk Mm. about sports bras and we want to talk about boots that fit and shin pads that fit and socks that fit. And I think that other brands are like so hyper-focused on like, you know, Erling Haaland and the latest gear that he wants to promote, which doesn't really add any value in the marketplace in terms of adapting or changing someone's life or the way that they play. It's just a cool product. We can genuinely like support women to, you know, support their breasts and ensure they feel um, comfortable playing when they're on the period and in boots that won't give them ACL injuries. Like these are real game changing products that I feel really proud that we're going to be able to evolve into as well. And, and as I said, I've said about five times, no one cares that we're in this space yeah. dominating. No one cares. Yeah, and, and I find that, you know, and you've got like other companies as well coming at like Art of Football who do lots of really like nice, like bespoke kind of merchandise, not necessarily kits, but like I know I've got like Art of Football stuff like that they did around the Euros and, and stuff like that and, and, and other companies doing things like that. And again, clubs just not doing it. Like I know yeah. Arsenal, yeah, you're right. Like Arsenal do the WSL lettering and all of that. Great but if I want to buy like a Leah Williamson t-shirt, I can't do that on Arsenal Direct. Like if I want to buy an Arsenal women's scarf, can't do that on Arsenal Direct. Like those products don't really exist in the same way that they do. I mean, Arsenal might argue you buy an Arsenal scarf, you've got an Arsenal scarf, but again, and this, this kind of brings me on to, um, I guess like the buying habits of women fo- women's football fans, because you've got things like, people who support a different women's team compared to the men's team and people who maybe don't like men's football and want to make it clear that when they're wearing an Arsenal shirt, it has a WSL patch, it has a women's um, kind of name on the back. And, and you know, all, all these things I know I've spoken about with you before, but like the buying habits of, of women's football fans, can you just talk a little bit and like and buying like multiple shirts and you know, following yeah. players as much as, as that? Like what does, not what does a typical customer, but what are some of the differences um, with your there, customers there is, compared to maybe men's football? There is like an astronomical difference in personalization in the women's game. And that's not just my data points, that's Nike's data points. So England women's shirts are, you know, um, these are not exact data points, by the way, but they're like 10, 15 times more likely to add a name on the back than the men's shirts. Um, the connection to the players is so vital. And the other massive thing is like the level of tribalism, which we could go into hours of 
discussion on this, but they, it just doesn't exist in the women's game, which I think is a beautiful thing. And I'm a perfect example. For the World Cup, I've bought five different strips. And I'm, Helen of a few years ago would have been really disappointed, but I bought a USA shirt because I think it's sick. I bought a Netherlands shirt, I bought a Japan shirt, I bought a Germany shirt, and then of course I've got the England shirts. My my affiliation is like my love of the women's game. So going out in a Germany two star shirt, there is a story there. And it, in fact, it happened the other day. I'm 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 in Lidl, um, little. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I had to tell you which supermarket it was, and I had a Marajan shirt on, and um, a little boy asked me like, "What what shirt is that?" And I said, oh, this is um, Marajan, like absolutely legendary women's player. And this shirt's different because the women have two World Cups. And he was like, it's so cool. I was like, women's football's really cool. That is the absolute pinnacle of why brand awareness is so valuable in football shirts and merchandise in the women's game that I was actively asked about what shirt. It wasn't how to pronounce the name and the detailing on it. And I think that we're seeing this crossover massively with fandom in the women's game and it's been evidenced by the World Cup sales. I mean, for every England shirt, we've got an England person, an England shirt alongside an Arsenal, sorry, alongside an Arsenal shirt and alongside a Netherlands shirt. And then, and usually it's connecting back to the Dutch players within those teams. So the, the fans really connect with their nation. And I feel that too, is on, on a personal level. And then it's club after that. And the same thing happens throughout the season. So I find a lot of Arsenal fans are really, um, they really love Van der Donk still. And, um, and so we get, we've got Arsenal fans that follow through with wherever she goes and we'll get the Netherlands shirt and then they'll get an, they'll get the Arsenal shirt with Miedemar or whatever on the back. And then they'll be buying the, the Lyon shirt or they'll be buying the next club. And the same with Jackie Grun and Manchester United fans. They just really love that player. Imagine for a second, one of Martinelli leaves, leaves Arsenal and goes to Man United. Would you buy a Man United shirt? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> the love in the women's game is just totally different. And on a personal level, I really hope that stays. And that's not because of money. It's not because of multi-purchases at, at Foudy's. It's because it's a really beautiful element of the game. It's all about the sport. It's all about the athletes. It's all about the coming together of people and lifting women up. And I think it's a really beautiful thing about the women's game, but it's totally different as a retail market and more powerful, if anything, than the men's sports retail market. Yeah, definitely. I, I can tell you now, I'm going to, as soon as Brazil announced their squad numbers, I'm going to be in the market for a Brazil shirt with Rafaeli on the back. <laughs> um, and and she you know she's left this summer but yeah probably probably i'm probably more likely to do that because she's left and um you know yeah you're like i think you're right and and so what does it look like for you for example um i, I realized the business was more in the in, in in its infancy at this stage but like when tobin heath and Kristen press go to manchester united or even when tobin heath comes to arsenal you know and I'm told that, like, he, even on Arsenal Direct, Heath was, I think, the second biggest um, personalisation request on Arsenal Direct uh, for the summer that she signed after Saka. Uh, so a yeah. lot of sevens going on there. What what does that look like for you when perhaps a big new player uh, comes in into a club? Yeah, like Heath is the, the perfect example. I was still a relatively small business set up then. So I was really counting my pennies. 
So, for instance, you buy numbers zero to nine, and then you would base that on how many of the big players. So, you know, Lucy Bronze was still in the WSL, so you'd need a lot of twos. You know, you've got these big players that you know you're going to sell a lot of that number and that colour. Seven wasn't really a big number back then. <laughs> so day one, Tobin Heath signs, and I don't know, maybe I'd been out for an hour and I came back and, you know, I, I was like, we need more sevens, stat. Like, <laughs> the provider, the manufacturer then ran out of sevens, they had to reprint number sevens. Um, just the power of, of the big signings like that, Tobin Heath was next level, um, especially on that beautiful blue sort of lightning bolt shirt that Arsenal mm-hmm. had at the time which was super popular. So, yeah, we um, we quickly ran out of sevens, but I think the best example uh, is is those two American signings to Manchester United in, in, in Press and Heath, which at that season outsold Bruno Fernandes um, as Manchester United shirt sales. And to reiterate, at the time, they didn't actually have WSL font. So... Yeah. It was it was baffling to me that it wasn't a quick pivot for their marketing team to get WSL stock in and begin selling those shirts. It took them an, an additional year to begin selling WSL lettering. But these things keep on happening. 2019, the most sold jersey on Nike.com ever was the US Women's National Team um, four-star jersey. And still in 2019, it didn't change you know, the landscape in terms of the amount of shirts produced, in terms of personalization on those shirts, in terms of us fighting constantly with manufacturers to get the official fonts and on arm patches and all that sort of stuff. It hasn't massively changed things for us. We're still fighting, even though the evidence and even though there's so many touch points to say women's football is massive and has a huge market of people interested in its players and its superstars. Um we just have to keep being at the forefront and being ahead of the game. And when Jordan Nobbs moved, moved to Villa this um, moved to Villa this season, a lot of uh, the amount of <laughs> Arsenal fans purchasing Villa shirts was next level. And I bumped into Lucy Staniforth at the FA Cup final, and she just moved there the week after to Villa. I said, "Whoa, Villa sales were through the roof! Like that this." they were close this season to being our most sold jersey. And she was like, don't pretend it was with my name on the back. Everyone knows it was Jordan Dobbs. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know you. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, if you've... The player. Yeah, yeah. And, well, talking about sevens, I mean, if you've got number eight, Rachel Daly, and number 88, Jordan Nobbs, then, you know, Villa shirts and a run of number eights uh, might might be kind of in the crosshairs for you. (laughs) Just to kind of close, I'd love to talk about how maybe you've had to, not had to, but maybe diverse, because it it sounds like essentially what's happening is rather than sending you cease and desist letters – these brands kind of want to partner with you almost on like a consultancy basis. But, and, and like I saw, you know, on your you, you have an interview with Lucy Bronze that went out last week about, about football shirts, like what a wonderful, what an amazing thing to have, like for your business. Like, have you had to think a little bit about diversifying, maybe even thinking about that day that Nike, Adidas, Puma finally say, actually, this is money, we want it. Have, have you had to think about diversifying a little bit? Both, all the strategies of the brands moving forwards are to work with um, companies that have USPs. So the reason why we we began partnering with the brands is because we have such a key USP in terms of 
speaking directly to women's football fans. So there's no real concern from my part in terms of like working with the big partners. But one thing we already had started doing anyway was the business kind of has three areas to it. So you've got Foudies.com, which is what all of you guys see, which is all the replica shirts. We've got Foudies Club, which is building your kits for your amateur team and also working with Lewis and London City Lionesses to help them with their kits. So all of that sort of kit creation stuff. Um, and then the final area is Foudies Creative. But, and that's the part where you were saying about the consultancy. Essentially what happened was brands, football clubs, two WSL teams, in fact, approached us for advice, wanted to work with us on their content. They saw the Lucy Bronze stuff, you know, they they wanna they they see that we speak directly to women's football fans. And for hundred plus years they've not been speaking to women's football fans. So they're all recognizing that it's a different person to your average men's football fan. It's a different consumer, different demographic, different socioeconomic group. And as a result they're like, how do we talk to these people? Like, who are these people? Um, we want to do better. We want to be better. So Fowdy's creative and um, working with the incredibly talented Madeline Penfold, who's massive photographer in the women's football space, has kind of been the next part of the, the journey, which is helping us to work with clubs to evolve the women's game and speak to their customers um, and sort of integrate with different clubs and organizations in the women's game. So in terms of evolving... I feel like we're we're going to be pretty busy for a long time, but um, <laughs> but we're we're in we're in a pretty good position when it comes to the sort of different arms of the business and them all being independent of each other, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and obviously we're moving towards the stage like the lionesses have their own kits now. Um, I think a lot of clubs, Arsenal included. I mean, we already saw like the Stella McCartney range, for example. Um, I think Arsenal are going to be doing more of that. I think we'll move towards a stage where maybe uh, custom women teams away kits, maybe less home kits, where they'll probably want to keep um, the kind of the 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 strong brand identities they already have, but like women's away kits, all of that stuff. I think it's coming and it's coming soon. And it kind of sounds like you're ground zero to, uh, to kind of, um, you know, maybe, maybe be at the vanguard of all of that. Do you, do you sense that like specific women's teams, merchandise kits, that that's all coming? Yeah. Um, I think the, it is, it is happening in the, and in fact, I think that we might see that happen in the 2023, 24 season. I'm conscious yeah. about giving things away. Yeah. Um, but it's okay it's, I've given that away already <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it, it's coming my opinion on it I guess doesn't massively matter but um, I think it could be really exciting I think time will tell I also think it's really important that staying close to the roots of a club is really important perfect example would be we're working with we're through Foudy's club we're working with Wigan Athletic at the moment and the badge on the crest has the date that the men's team was formed and the women's team are like, we might want to put our date on the crest instead. It's a yep. small tweak, but it just keeps your your authenticity to your club because your club actually launched in 2012. And in a hundred years, that's going to be, you know, uh, that's going to be its own legacy. And so I quite like the idea of the individual aspects whilst also staying close to the roots of, of the club. 
And then my personal club is Newcastle United and I've supported it since I was a little girl and watching the women climb through the tiers now and really invest into the women's game is incredible. But I don't want us to forget our history. I don't want us to forget the dark days under Mike Ashley. It's really important because it's made us who we are in terms of our women's team. Like we sat under the Sir Bobby Robson Foundation, like we were essentially a charity. Um, It was something where people blood, sweat and tears went into keeping the club existing. And that was, what, five years ago? It's so important that we remember that. So having that unique identity for our women's team, I think is a lovely thing, whilst also maintaining those roots and those connections to your brothers, I guess, to the men's team. Um, so I, I want to see it. We know it's coming. Um, mm. It's just about whether, we'll. I guess, they'll see the success of it and and. And the brands will make a decision from there, I guess, whether it's something they want to keep doing. But I think you did a tweet the other day that I saw that was like, there's like 300 shirts a season now. It's like, get yep. your training top, get your third training top, get your practice in the summer top, get your practice in the winter top. So like, why not have a have a women's yep. top? Why not do exactly. it? They've been amazingly successful when they have done them. So why not? Yeah, absolutely. Like Arsenal release, I think... F- around about eight to 10 different training kits, Europe training kits, and they changed the training kits in like November and again in February. And they, you know, like all of this stuff, which is all great. Like I'm fine with it. I buy it. Like as long as Adidas are giving Arsenal the money that buys Arsenal players, brilliant. And uh, I mean, I stopped buying the, like the most current shirts some years ago, just like an age thing. I buy them for my daughter, but I tell you what, if slash when, when that Arsenal women <laughs> drops. I'm buying the hell out of it I tell you that for the same reason I bought Lioness's kit when perhaps I haven't really bought the men's kits because um yeah it, it feels kind of it feels special and it feels unique and, and that, that's kind of what people want I think as well they want like like the market for retro shirts that that kind of grab for originality as well I, I think that's in there um, I, I, have, I have concerns over one element of it, and I guess it's my mm. sort of call to arms to Adidas, Nike, Puma, whoever ends up doing this. And it's just around, like, the analogy I'll give is if they released Arsenal men's home kit for 2023-24 and they only released it in size extra small and small, how many would they sell? And then at the end of the season, would they turn around and say, the reason it didn't sell is because no one list, likes Arsenal men. No, they go, the reason it didn't sell is because we didn't reflect the audience with the sizing. So my biggest concern is we get women's kit. It's built in women's fit, which doesn't suit people like me, doesn't suit people like you. And then they don't sell any. And then they say, ah, oh, that was a dud, didn't work. Okay, on to the next one. And that's my biggest concern. It's like, read the room. If anything, just create men's fit. Um, and that apply, that can apply to everyone and can work with everyone. It has done for many years. If they're wanting to test the market and drip feed, just create men's fit from extra small up to triple XL. And, and that would be my kind of concern, I guess, is that we can't have a litmus test unless we have the product to do that with. And when you're selling out, in, in Fowdy's case, on the fourth day of the Euro 2022 campaign of England kits, I don't know what my reach was. I don't know what I could have done. I know that I sold out immediately and that was gutting because of the amount of work that we'd done around the Euros. But I don't know how far we could have taken it because we just simply didn't have the stock to do it. And a lot of it was in dodgy sizes. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 always been an untapped or or undertapped market, and it's a market that's growing. It's a massive growth area for clubs. And uh, Helen, I'm I'm sure on behalf of most of our listeners who over the last kind of four five four years or so have thanked their lucky stars that Faldis exists, um, while perhaps lamenting that, that, that there's a need for Faldis to exist. But that was that was a really, really interesting conversation. And, you know, again, just um, I think uh, on behalf of a lot of our listeners, thank you for the work you do in this area because I know it's really, really appreciated. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. And thank you to everyone that's believed in us since the beginning we wouldn't have existed without people taking a bit of a hit on us we could have been dodgy um, <laughs> and and from the beginning people have just put trust and faith in us and it's allowed us to start moving mountains and i'm just really appreciative appreciative there's also a few arsenal pages out there a few arsenal fan pages out there that um they have massively sung our praises over the years and we're so grateful because it's massively helped us with our credibility. So thank you so much. Great stuff. And I will be putting in an order for an extra large Brazil away shirt with Rafaeli on the back <laughs> presently. Um, but thanks uh, thanks so much to Helen for joining us. Uh, we'll come back with um, another episode. I'm not sure when because we tend to do kind of profiles of new signings and I don't really know when they're going to happen because everyone's on holiday. Um, but we hope that you really enjoyed that episode and we'll speak to you again in the next couple of weeks or so. So until then, thank you very much and goodbye. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.